Amen. Go ahead, give him a clap offering. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord God Almighty, we thank you, Lord, that it is indeed well with our soul because Christ Jesus is in us, dwelling in us. You've called us out of darkness into light, and we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord, instead of wrath and judgment, you've covered us in grace and mercy, and because of that truth alone, it is well with our soul. Lord, thank you for your, your word, Father. And Father, this morning as we, we transition from singing songs and sending up praises to you, now we're going to shift to opening up your word. Will you, will you encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us, correct us, and, and propel us forward in our walk with you? In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may have a seat. And... and um, I was fixing to say, uh, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand, but we can't do that right now. We haven't done that in a while since before COVID, but normally, if you don't have a Bible, we would give you a Bible to join in with the Bible study. So, um, open up your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 11, and, uh, or your app, whatever you have. And um, this morning, we're looking at faith. We're looking at faith. And so, just want to open it up with this thought this morning. What is your definition of faith? What is your definition of faith? Give you a few seconds to think about that. You, you know, because people have different definitions for what faith is. But the only definition that matters of what faith truly is, is what the Bible says, <laughs> is what the Word of God says. So we need to make sure our, that our understanding of what faith is lines up with what the Scripture says. Abraham Lincoln said this concerning faith. He said, faith is not believing that God can, but that God will. Wow, that's pretty strong from our president, former president. Faith is to believe what we do not see, and the reward of this faith is to see what we believe. Faith in God is indispensable to successful statesmanship. And to that, I say, amen, go Abe. Charles Spurgeon said this when asked about faith. Charles Spurgeon said, a little faith will bring your soul to heaven. A great faith will bring heaven to to your soul. And it is true. All it takes is faith in Christ, trust in him, being born again to go to heaven. But when we have, I want to have, I don't know about you, but I want to have great faith. I want to bring heaven to earth in my life as I touch people and share the gospel. So we need to have a strong, we need to have a vibrant faith. So um, again, what is your definition of faith? What is your definition of faith? This morning, I want to answer two questions from the word of God. And that is, there should be up on the screen, what is faith and why do I need it? And we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 11. We're only looking at uh, four verses this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1, 2, and 3, and verse 6. In Hebrews chapter 11, the word faith is mentioned 26 times. The word, the phrase by faith is mentioned 19 times. So this, this chapter is the blueprint for what faith is. And so um, we're going to probably spend probably about eight weeks, I'm estimating, just in Hebrews chapter 11. We are going to slow down and we're going to look at each set of people. And we're going to go back to the Old Testament and we are going to look at the lives of these believers so that they can teach us about what faith is. So today, this Sunday morning, this is just groundwork. 
This is just the foundation of us having a solid understanding of what faith is and what the Bible says faith is. And then starting next Sunday, we're going to start learning from some of the greats. And, we, you know, not everyone in, the, in this, this listed in Hebrews chapter 11 did great things. We have, we have one individual in, in Hebrews chapter 11. He committed suicide at the end of his life. We have another person mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 that came out of prostitution. You know, so these aren't perfect people. They aren't perfect people. They were everyday people who trusted in God and allowed the Lord to transform their life. So y'all ready to look at what faith is? Let's do it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, <clears throat> verse 1. says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I like to say faith is this, is this is, is, as the text says, assurance conviction. In other words, you kn know this is true. You know it deep in your heart. It's not just in your, it's, 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 it's in your mind and it's in your heart, but it permeates who you are. You know that this is true. Charles Spurgeon said, when asked of what faith was, when I found the other quote by him that I gave you this morning, Charles Spurgeon said, faith is knowledge, belief, and trust. Martin Lord Jones said this when he was asked about what faith was. He said, faith is awareness, assent, a commitment. Vine's Expository Dictionary defines faith. Uh, pistos is the Greek word. It, it, says, uh, it says, faith is belief, trust, with a firm persuasion. I like that. A firm persuasion. Not only do we know it in our minds from studying the Word of God, but we believe it in our hearts and in our overall whole being of who you are as an individual, you know this is true. There's a lot of things in life you're not sure about. You know, where you're going to live, what you're going to eat, what's going to happen in life, but there's one thing that you know. God will not fail and His Word is true. And that. It's the picture of faith. When you put vines together, Martin Lloyd-Jones Lloyd and Charles Spurgeon together. Faith is belief based on facts. This is very important what I'm fixing to say. Because a lot of people, this, this, this will trip them up. Faith is not based on feelings or emotions. I like feelings. I like emotions. I like to have warm fuzzies. But they are not faith. Faith is a deep conviction that this is true, that this is reality, and that everything else that contradicts what is written is a lie if it contradicts the Word of God because this dictates our faith. This tells us what faith is. The Word of God, it informs our hearts what is true. We understand it with our minds. We believe it in our hearts, and it turns into a deep conviction. The foundation, the foundation of biblical faith is this. Here's the, here's the bottom line, the, 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 the end product. Biblical foundation means you believe the revelation of God in the Bible, period. The, wor the word says it, you believe it, that settles it. You know, um, uh, biblical faith is not blind faith. I want to repeat that. Biblical faith is not blind faith. Biblical faith is, is based on two foundations, a general revelation of God and a special revelation of God. Pastor David, what's the general revelation of God? The general revelation of God we see in creation. He's revealed it to all people. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, eternal power, and divine nature have clearly been seen to so all men without excuse. Every single human being 
whether they live in Europe, Africa, America, China, they see the general revelation of God in creation. Day after day, night after night, they look into, they see the stars of the heavens. And what do those stars in the heavens tell those people on the other side of the planet, you know, over there? It tells them, Psalms chapter 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night unto night, they display knowledge. Every single human being sees that. Every single human being that has a mirror or that goes in the bathroom in the morning, starts brushing their teeth and looking at their face and getting themselves all prettied up, they see the intricacy of design. You got these two eyeballs, these, these, these two holes in your head. It's got two eyeballs. It's got eight billion different light-sensitive cells. You got this nose, this mouth, this ear. My friend, that don't happen by chance. That don't happen by chance. I mean, that's just a scientific impossibility. So that's general revelation that we have been designed, that we have been created. The second way is special revelation. And special revelation is what you are receiving this morning. We call special revelation the Bible. The Bible. And the Bible gives us specific details of who God is, how he, how he, how he interacts with us, and it is his truth. And that general revelation says there is a God. Special revelation says, okay, this is who God truly is. And it takes us directly to the cross. That is the apex of Christianity. It's his death and resurrection, what happened on that weekend. That is the apex. That is where I always point people to and push people to. I did three funerals this past week, two at Fort Jackson, one in West Columbia. I got to share the gospel with like, like over 100 people in two days. I was so excited. But I got to honor the person who passed away. Um, after I honored the person, uh, I, I prayed for their comfort, and then I got to present the gospel, and I got to point all these people to Christ Jesus and explain to them man, that there is only one way out of this life. There's only one way, only one truth, and one life, John 14, 6, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not a blind faith. It's the, our faith is founded on general revelation from creation, special revelation of the Bible. Faith is an assurance um, it is a conviction, it is a belief, it is a trust. Now, some of you may be asking, how do I get faith? Where, where, where do I get, how do, how do I get faith? Well, you can't get it from Walmart. And, and, and you can't get it on, you can't go on your phone and order it from Amazon. Faith does not come via Walmart. It does not come via Amazon. Faith comes from the gift of faith, according to Scripture. It comes from the Lord himself. He deposits faith into your heart when you have an authentic heart that draws near to him. It is a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So where does faith come from? You won't find it online. You won't find it at Walmart. It comes directly from the Lord when you ask him for it and you humbly submit yourself. It comes, the faith, biblical faith that we're looking at, it comes when you hear the word of God or when you read the word of God. That's why we tell, that's why, we, that's why the preacher's always saying, hey man, you need to spend time in the word. 
You need, you need to get into the Word. You need to get into some Bible studies. You need to read the Bible for yourself. Because when you do, that's God's mechanism for building your faith. Is when you hear the Word preached, looking at it like we're looking now, the Lord is building your faith. Or when you read it in your personal time, and you're reading the pages of Scripture. Uh, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. So that's what faith is. Faith is this deep conviction... This deep assurance, the text says, the substance of things hoped for, that it is firmly true and you believe it in your unwavering. That, my friend, is biblical faith. And you know, mind, heart, emotion, where do all these fit into faith? All of the above. All of the above. It's, it, it's, it's, it's in our minds, it's in our heart, it's in our emotion, it's in our will. It's, it's the very fabric. It's the very, uh, uh, it's the very fabric of who we are as people. Our faith is most important. So that's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, For by it, talking about faith, the men of old gained approval. Who is he talking about here? He's talking about the Old Testament saints. In Hebrews chapter 11, we are given 18 examples. We are given 18 examples of what real faith looks like. And there's some guys in there also, this, this is not what faith looks like. So what we're going to do over the next eight weeks is we're going to dive into each of these guys. We're going to go back, we're going to look, maybe next week we'll do Cain, Abel, Enoch, and, and each week. But we're going to spend the next eight weeks diving into these Old Testament saints. Because look at what verse 2 says. For by it, the men of old gained approval. Do you want approval? Do you want to build your faith? Let's learn from these guys. There's Abel, Cain, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Esau, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, uh, Samson, Jabeth, David, Samuel, and the prophets. These are believers we can learn from. And if you know anything about the Old Testament, you'll know these guys aren't perfect. These guys jack it up along the way. But God shows them grace, and God uses them mightily. Why? Because of their F-A-I-T-H. Because of their faith and, and their commitment to him. You know, when, we, when you enter um, Hebrews chapter 11, let me tell you what you're doing. Let me tell you what you're going to be doing over the next eight weeks. You're walking down heaven's hall of faith. You ever been to a sports hall of fame or a military hall of fame? I got some military soldiers up front. They know that at every installation, you have a, you have a, uh, a hall of fame building dedicated to the memory of certain groups of soldiers. They're at the chaplain school. So they have a hall that's dedicated to the memory of all the great chaplains that have gone before them. And we go there. You know, I, I went through many NCO schools in my military career. And one of the parts of every military school, every training you go to, from basic to AIT to OCS to PLDC to all the schools, is you study the ancient, you study the soldiers who have gone before you, and you learn from them. That's what the military does. It's the same way with the body of Christ. We, as a body, can learn from these Old Testament saints who, who, who gained approval. So we're going to spend the next eight weeks going through Hebrews chapter 11. Now look at Hebrews 12.1 in your Bible. 
at the end of this passage, Hebrews chapter 11, talking about these saints, look at Hebrews 12.1. It says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There's a reason. There's a rhyme and a reason for us to slow down and study these Old Testament saints. And the reason is so you and I can lay aside every encumbrance and every sin that so easily entangles us. And let us learn from these great men of God. Let's learn from their successes and let's learn from their failures. Y'all ready for that? All right. In the, in, the, in the author's eyes, in the author of the book of Hebrews, these champions of the faith are the spectators from heaven cheering you and I on. In other words, you and I are the competitor. You and I are the athlete. You, are the, you and I are the one running the race. And they're up in the halls of heaven, heaven's up in the uh, bleachers, cheering us on, saying, go, you can do it. And we need that encouragement from each other. Look at verse 3. Verse 3. I love verse 3 because verse 3, I like to say, it, it helps us understand the world that we live in. It helps us make sense of the big picture. Look at verse 3. He says, By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. Faith, biblical faith, helps you understand that God is the creator. That's what biblical faith does. It helps us see what's written in the word. It helps us see creation with our own eyes. And it helps us understand God did this. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, the world rejects. The world rejects this revelation, this truth of Genesis 1.1. So what do they do? They come up with an adult fairy tale called evolution that teaches that there was some kind of unorganized, chaotic explosion, big bang, and then all living creatures climbed out of some primordial ooze 15 million years ago. You know, I could sit here and go into all the science and all of the evidences of God, everything from looking at the human eye to, to life and to, to just bringing the miracle of a baby coming into the world, to the miracle of the universe that we live in, to the miracle of the oceans and the lands and, and, and life. To simply say this, I could go into all those, but I'm not. To simply put, the revelation of God says this, that evolution is a lie. Evolution is a lie. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what he has made so that we are without excuse. I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't need a physics degree to understand there's a God. All I need is a mind that can think and eyes that can see and say, wow, God is the creator. Based on the evidence of intelligent design, based on the evidence of first cause, based on the evidences of who God is. There's no way this happened by chance. It, it couldn't happen by chance. The, the, 
the, the existence of everything that is. And faith, going back to our subject of what faith is, faith helps us understand that. Faith helps us understand that God is true. His word is true. And going back to um, special revelation, general revelation, it helps us understand general revelation, that there is a creator. If you have any questions um, when it comes to the creation evolution debate, monkeys and Noah's flood and all the things of Genesis 1-1, I just want to, I highly encourage you, and I fully endorse uh, Ken Ham, Answers in Genesis. Wonderful website that you could spend forever on. It's called, answer, the website is answersingenesis.org. And um, he, he tackles every question, and he does it from the authority of Scripture. He does it from the authority of Word. So if you have questions, which I'm sure you do, I've had lots of questions and I've gone there, I just want to endorse that website, endorse that ministry, Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham. Go check it out. But it says, oh, we only read halfway through verse 3. By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the Word of God. He says, so that... Uh, what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Ex nihilo, it was out of nothing. In other words, that's hard for the mind to conceive. That's, that's, that's a hard process, but it's the truth. You know, there was, there, there was a big bang, if you want to call it, but it was God spoke and bang! It said, it came into existence. It, it came into existence. He spoke the world's into existence. He spoke creation into existence. There was a point in time, and it's hard to, for my mind, or it's hard to wrap my mind around it, but there was a time where matter did not exist. And, and, but there was a time where God, from eternity into time, stepped into time and created the universe as we see it. Psalms, chapter, uh, Psalms 90, verse 2 says, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting you are God you know our our kids have you ever had a kid ask you mom dad who created God and the parents shriek in fear because they don't have the answer oh no what do I tell Johnny who says who created God what 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 do I say to him that can strike fear in in the in the heart of a parent when a child asks that well there is an answer he's not created He's eternal. He dwells, the the Bible says, he dwells outside the realm of time and space. He dwells in eternity. Paul said in in, in Timothy, he says, who alone is immortal who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be the glory throughout all the ages. You know, our minds, our physical body, our understanding is limited only to what we see. You know, this physical world, you know, ever since you were born, you woke up every day and you've either looked up at a night sky with some stars, which actually you're looking out into the universe, or it's been that part of the day where there's sunlight and you've seen the sun. All we've ever known is this physical world. But God stepped out of eternity, if that's the right phrase, and from eternity spoke the world into existence. He, he, he's, he, he, he made the world that we see out of non-matter. Is, is that difficult for you to wrap your mind around? Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. It can be challenging. 
but it's what the word of God says. He says, by faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. That's the power of God. That's the greatness and the majesty of his glory. That's what enables you and I to say, I can put my trust in the Lord. I can put my trust in God. That enables you to say, God is stronger. Have we, did we sing? That's the next song. Okay. That wasn't planned, this Lord. But we're going to close this song with, you are stronger. That's what enables us to trust in God with all of our hearts and know that he is stronger. He, he is not, he's not just stronger, he's the strongest. He's the greatest. And if you put your trust in the Lord, what can man do? What can this world do? Who's greater than God? No one. No one. That's biblical faith. That's biblical faith. And if you join us for the next eight weeks, we're going to build that biblical faith. Or actually, we're not. God is, the Spirit is, the Word is as we dive into each one of these people in Hebrews chapter 11. So, we've, we, I think, I, have I addressed what faith is? Do you feel like you have a warm fuzzy? I hope so. Give me a head nod, yeah? Okay, a <laughs> little interaction here. So, so we, we've addressed what faith is. Now I want to answer the second question. Why do I need faith? Why do I need faith? Look down at verse 6. We're skipping a couple verses. We'll hit those next week. But look at verse 6, and this tells us why you need, you and I need faith. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So did you see that? There was two things. There, there was two things that we must believe. We must believe two things according to the end of verse 6. One is he is. That means you believe you have this deep conviction in your heart that God is who he says he is. It's this confident assurance, this deep conviction that there is a God. And not only that, not only did, did you just believe in God, but look at the second part. Both of them start with he is. He is, and then he is a rewarder of those who seek him. you got to believe and have this deep conviction and this deep assurance that God will reward you as you study his word, as you spend time in prayer, that an exchange will take place. You believe an exchange will take place and that he will reward you. I believe firmly with all my heart that as we study the word of God, he's going to build our faith. He's going to take us to the next level. This is why you need faith. It's a requirement. It's a requirement of the Christian life. And what you and I need more than anything is an ever-growing faith, a strong faith, a vibrant faith, a real faith. Everything, everything in the Christian life, in your Christian experience, serving the Lord in church, being a godly role model, everything in the, Christ, everything in the Christian life hinges on faith. Now, what is the object of our faith? The object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the substance. He is the, he is the object. But faith is the avenue, is the way you and I connect with that object. So you got to have faith. 
And, and, and I just want to, I want to share with you four Bible verses that talk about this principle to show you that your whole entire Christian experience from beginning to end hinges on faith. The first one, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. What's this speaking of? This is speaking of daily Christian living. Faith is not something that we pick up on Sunday morning, we go to church, and then we leave church, and we, we check our faith at the door, and we leave. It's for everyday life. You can trust God for every single aspect of your life. You can trust him seven days a week. You can trust him, for, of course, for your salvation, of course, for his guidance, of course, for his, him being with you and in you and working through you. But you can trust him in your finances. You can trust him in your family. You can trust him in every aspect of your daily life. Where you work at, needing a pay raise, whatever it is, uh, we walk by faith. The, 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 the principle is, is everything in your life, whatever situation you're facing, a difficult situation, maybe you're in the valley and things are not going well, you can trust him in the valley when you go through difficult times. You can walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, faith is meant to be lived out in our everyday life. The next verse, Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, uh, remember the question was why you need faith. He said, he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. My friend, the greater your faith, the greater you will be used. And yes, there are different levels of faith, from a newborn Christian, new Christian to a more seasoned veteran individual serving the Lord. But the greater our faith, the greater we will be used by the Lord. He says, because of the littleness of your faith, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible. Again, God works through faith. And how do we build our faith? Remember, it's a gift from the Lord. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So, as we, so here's the principle from this verse. As we fill our hearts with the word of God, as we build our lives, as we increase our faith, we should expect a greater move of the Lord in our life. Maybe it's in a ministry you're involved in. Maybe it's, it's something the Lord has led you to do in a ministry. But God uses people when their faith is greater. The third one is uh, your prayer life. What's the connection between praying and faith? James 5.15 says, And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven of him. Again, there's a level of faith in our prayers. You know, we just don't come up here and, and recite meaningless, heartless, non-expecting prayers before the Lord. We come to him in faith saying, Lord, 
we, we ask you humbly, we ask you to move mightily in this situation. We ask you to move mightily in this situation. So prayer and faith go hand in hand. This is the prayer offered in faith. We'll restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven of him. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And that's why I tell people, when you go into your prayer closet, take your Bible with you. You know, because when we spend time in his presence, when we spend time in prayer, we need to, at the same time, in the middle of that prayer, be spending time in the word so that the Holy Spirit gives us faith to believe and trust God and to ask him to move mountains that no man can move. So, so this is why we need faith. This is why we as Christians need to uh, have faith for our daily living, for how the Lord will use us. We need to pray in faith. How about this one? Worship. Worship. You and I, whether you realize it or not, this morning, you were worshiping by faith. You were worshiping by faith. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 1.8. He says this. This is, oh, this is just mind-blowing uh, when you consider what everything that happened to Peter in his life with denying Christ and all his, his blunders along the way. But Peter says in 1 Peter 1.8, he says, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. You know, there's this element of faith in our hearts as we trust in the Lord that that faith this, that we have in the, in the object of the faith being Christ, it produces a love for Jesus. Okay? So a love for Christ is an authentic fruit of biblical faith and, not, and, 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 and that we believe in him and that we love him. And that faith, biblical faith, um, according to 1 Peter 1.8, uh, it causes us to greatly rejoice. It gives us joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Do you see the exchange there? Do you see the experience that faith, biblical faith brings to us when we worship the Lord? And yes, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to lift your hands, to praise him, and say, Lord, I love you. I trust you. I obey you. I, I live my life for you. So there's an element of worship when we worship by faith. That's why we need faith. You know, the world needs faith to put their trust in Christ and to experience salvation. The body of Christ needs to build and continue their faith in everyday Christian living so they can be used greater by the Lord so that their prayer, their prayer life will be rich in faith and so that their life of worship will, will be founded upon their faith and that faith will produce an emotion and a love for the Lord that will keep you there and keep you um, firmly grounded in him. The, my point this morning bringing out these other verses here and talking about why you need faith is this. Every aspect of the Christian life depends on faith, okay? Faith is the, is, is, is the, um, it's the roadway, it's the tunnel to the object of our faith, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
This is why you need faith. Now, I'm, I'm just, just throwing this out there. I'm hoping this morning that as you're hearing the scriptures and we're going through these verses, that maybe the Lord is showing you some areas of your life that your, your faith needs to be increased. And if he, as he did that with me this week, and if that is you, we got something for you for the next eight weeks. We got a verse-by-verse study through Hebrews chapter 11 where we're going to look at the, these great guys, some of, them, some of them good guys, some of them bad guys, Cain, Abel, and, um, and other guys. And we're going to look at them, and we're going to look back at these Old Testament saints and say, okay, what can I learn from Cain? What can I learn from Abel? What can I learn from Enoch? There's two Enochs, by the way. But we're going we're to look at these guys, and we're going to say, what can we learn from them? I, I close my, my message this morning, this introduction to what faith is, is, is this. How important, how important is faith to you? How, 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 how important is your Christian faith to you? And that's a question that each person has to answer on an individual basis. Is it high up on the list? Is it a priority? I hope so. Because in this day and age that we're living in now, in 2020, with all the crazy going on, what we need more than anything is we need people filled with faith. People that are grounded in the word, people that are grounded in truth, and people that are walking by faith. Question, another question for you. Would you die for your faith? Would you, would, you, would you die for Christ? Would you be willing to endure persecution? I don't think it's far away. It's not far away for the silent Christians who people don't know that they're Christian. But for those who make a bold proclamation that I'm here to serve Christ. Persecution is on the way. And and difficult times are ahead. And what's going to take us through those difficult times when we're challenged with our biblical worldview and we're challenged by our faith in Christ is, is do we have a solid faith? Do you see why it's important? I hope you'll join us in this awesome journey through Hebrews chapter 11, so that we can say, Lord, I'll give my life for you. These disciples did. All but one of the disciples, uh, church history tells us that John the apostle died of old age, but all the other guys, they gave their life for the gospel. They died for their faith. Now, are we going to die for our faith? Probably not. It could happen. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But I definitely see some persecution coming. I definitely see some heat coming for those who make a stand for biblical faith and for, being, for faith in the Lord. You know, I, cl- I close with this statement this morning. Faith is everything. Faith is everything because faith is our lifeline to our relationship with Christ. Again, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and faith is the latter. Faith is the highway. Faith is the, um, is the connection that we use to put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So guys, are y'all ready to begin Hebrews chapter 11? Are y'all ready to journey through this book and look at Cain, look at Abel, look at Enoch, Abraham, Sarah, Rahab, all these guys? It's going to be an awesome study. And as we go through each individual person in Hebrews chapter 11, um, 
we're going to close the message with, how, what can I apply in my life from Cain and Abel? What can I learn from Abraham and Sarah? What can I learn from Rahab? Maybe you're like me, and you have a real, you have a horrible past. You came out of deep darkness. You came out of a life of immorality and gross sin. That's where I came from, by the way. I used to love sin. I, I was living in darkness. And then God rescued me, brought me out of darkness into light. What can you learn from an individual like Rahab, who was living a life of prostitution and came out of prostitution? What can you learn from these greats? That is going to be Calvary Chapel Armos' focus over the next eight weeks. I hope you will join us in this great and wonderful study through Hebrews chapter 11. So, do you feel like you have a warm fuzzy on faith? Do you understand what faith is? And do you understand why you need it? If you, if I, if you said yes to those two questions, then I'm going to consider my mission as a pastor accomplished for the morning, and I'm going to close this in prayer. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the, uh, your word this morning. Thank you for worship. Thank you for communion. Father, most importantly, thank you for showing us in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 and verse 6, what faith is and why it's important. Father, you're, you're doing a great and mighty work in our body. You're bringing believers in, and we're asking you, Lord, over, in the weeks to come, we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to do your surgery on our hearts and help us to purify our faith, help us to grow in our faith, help us to understand how important our faith is. And Lord, let us never lose sight of the object of our faith. We do not worship faith. It's just our avenue to you. You, Lord Jesus Christ, are the object of our faith. But Father, thank you that now we get to study faith. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, Father. Amen. Amen.